is in session with Basketball U. Welcome to your study time for the world of college hoops. Now here are your professors, Aki and Hanley, on ESPN 1000. Well, it's happening. It's happening. Coach K is going to the Final Four in his final season in college basketball. His 13th Final Four of his storied career. It's Tyler Aki. It's Brian Hanley. Basketball U with you every single Sunday of the NCAA tournament. And we want to hear from you. Are you rooting for Coach K? 312-332-3776. We're going to have Jeff Goodman from Stadium in the Field of 68 in studio at 11. So be sure to get to us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Brian, Duke took yesterday's game. Absolutely took it from Arkansas. They they crushed them. Final score a little bit closer than the real game was. They end up winning 78-69, to but you look at what this Duke team has done the last couple of games. This was not the Duke game that we've seen them play in their previous two meetings. They went out there and... They took on a an Arkansas team that likes to get after it. They like to run with some pace and get going on you. And, and they just never let them get in the game, really. There were a couple times where Arkansas started to claw back a little bit, but this was a, really a blowout for the majority of the game. Yeah, and Coach K even switched up defenses, went to his own last couple games yep. a little bit, take some pressure off his guys. An ode to his buddy Jim Beheim. Yeah, there. why not? Sure. Run orange, run orange. Jim Beheim. Never, co- never really covered a more miserable guy in my life. Yes, I can say the same here. Yeah, he. Uh, I remember that we were at the Final Four in Denver, I think, in uh, UNLV, running Rebels and all that. Mm-hmm. And he got up to the podium and complained about the three radio uh, shows he had to do that week. You know, how much time. He was getting paid for every one of them. <laughs> and he's complaining about it. I mean, it was, it was part of his contract, right? Anyway, but yeah, old school guy. You know, Coach K... Interesting to hear the uh, the Duke players even talk about how the distraction was the final home game, the regular season, and the celebration. And every day, you know, reporters asking each player about Coach K and what he mean, you know, what it all mean. And they got distracted. And now, apparently, in the rearview mirror, right now, the you know the old Northwest uh, side of Chicago guy, humble Coach K. You know, maybe he's not all that. Uh, he's a he's a guy you love to hate or you know hate to love or whatever it is. I wonder how many people in Chicago still really embrace Coach K as one of our own and are rooting for him to go for that sixth title. Um, but if you were to reseed the remaining teams right now, Kansas or Duke, which one do you put on top there? Right. right? And, yeah. and Kansas obviously got to take care of business today at the UC. But Duke always had the talent, right? And it's maybe they're playing their best basketball at the best possible time. You look at the way too, and they've just had so many guys step up over the course of this entire tournament too. Whether it is AJ Griffin going off hitting some big shots, Mark Williams, I thought was really really good. He's he's one of those guys. Mark Williams, the big man inside for Duke, he's one of those guys who I think is the biggest disruptor on this team. You look at his last game against Arkansas, he goes for 12-12, and doesn't miss a shot over that course uh, from the field. Three offensive rebounds, three blocks. He's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I just think that if they, and again, they don't need Mark Williams to score, but he is the biggest matchup nightmare that I think Duke possesses because he's seven foot, he's super athletic, he can catch lobs, he can block your shots, 
And it just makes the game a lot easier for guys like Paolo Bancaro and A.J. Griffin and Jeremy Roach. Like, where has this Jeremy Roach been all season long? He's going out there and hitting these big shots. Not He struggled a little bit in the game against Arkansas, but in the game before that against Texas Tech, I mean, there was no bigger player down the stretch than Jeremy Roach. Yeah, and you wonder now moving forward, which which team uh, does America want to see playing Duke and which team does Duke want to see playing right. Duke, right? You really can't call St. Peter's a Cinderella anymore, right? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I think seventy what seventy eight percent of the money on on the covering peacocks, right? No, and eight and a half is the number today. I didn't know Friday was National Peacock Day, <laughs> but there's Seth with the peacock plume on his head. Um, but that's just a damn good team, right? With really yeah. good guards and a really good coach, who unfortunately for them is going to be moving on in short order and, and signing one of those big uh, big time contracts. But you know, if they face UNC, there's a team that can heat it up with Caleb Love, right? Yes. And boy, did he heat it up Ooh. against UCLA. And not only just the 30 points, but, you know, he's not afraid to take any shot. Right? And a whole lot of slobber coming out of his mouth, too, down the, <laughs> yeah. down the stretch. And there's a guy that also ended up winning the game where he had five points and fouled out, right? Yeah. So they're not solely dependent on him. But they've taken, what, 91 three-point attempts in the tournament so far. I mean, they just they're from distance. They're not shy, and they've made thirty-seven percent of them. So, you know, if you're Duke, would you rather have the the really good defensive get in your face? I think uh, Matt Painter called them grimy and, yeah. and, and with respect mm-hmm. type uh, St. Peter's team, or would you rather have a team that can dial it up from anywhere and then bring it inside if they need to? Yeah. So three one two three three two three seven seven six three one two three three two three seven seven six. Are you rooting for Coach K? And who do you want to see Duke play in the Final Four down in New Orleans? Would you rather? See the story, the upset story continue with a 15 seed, not only getting to the Elite Eight for the first time, but obviously would mean getting to the Final Four for the first time as well. Can St. Peter's do it, or would you rather see the best rivalry in all of college basketball get renewed in the NCAA tournament in Coach K's final season down in New Orleans? 312-332-3776. And we've got a, a game going on today in our city of Chicago. It is Kansas. It is Miami taking place at the United Center a little after one today. If you're headed down to the game, where do you think Danny Zetterman is right now? Is he in the parking lot already? Where is I he? think he's been up probably since 5 a.m. He's He's been waving the wheat all morning long. And I think he might be a little nervous for his Kansas Jayhawks Rock today. Chalk. But I, should I he do be? Think- there, there's a question. Should he be? I mean, is Miami St. Peter's without the whole you know beloved? Uh, Are underdog? they power five St. Peter's right yeah, now? I exactly. think. Is, yeah, yeah, you can look at it that way certainly. And and listen, if St. Peter's gets knocked out at any step along the way. We're talking about Miami, and we're talking all about the ACC having three representatives in the Elite Eight and potentially three in the Final Four at the end of today. And right now, like you're favored to have two of the four when you just look at Carolina obviously being a heavy favorite over St. Peter's. But getting back to Duke and just the way that they go about this and win games, it's just we've seen them down the stretch be so good in the final five, seven minutes of games. They were losing that game against Michigan State. They were losing that game against Texas Tech. They never really had a lead in that game against Texas Tech until the end. And it looked like the the Red Raiders were going to run them out of the gym in the first five minutes of the game. But they have found a way. And I don't. a lot of people like to talk about how 
this team has been playing with so much pressure on their, or against them. These, there's these young kids in Coach K's final season. Is it too much? And I think this Arkansas game kind of showed, all right, that narrative can be pushed to the side. Now, these are, this is just a good team. Yeah. They've always had a ton of talent on the always team. Always had a ton of talent. And, and now you're seeing a team that looks the part. It, it's cohesive. It's moving the basketball well. It's getting good shots. Like People talk about Villanova as a team that they'll pass up the good shot for the great shot. You're seeing Duke do a lot of that now. So impressed with Villanova, really. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting and sadly interesting to see how they move forward without Justin Moore. But Jay Wright has done a terrific job with yes. this team. It, it, this is not the same team that's had the 2016-2018 you know, talent that right. he had. He's I mean, quietly just gone ahead and coached the heck out of this team. And he's got a bunch of team players on here, right? Um, very impressed with that was such old school basketball yesterday right I yeah mean, oh yeah houston missed would they made one of 23 pointers that was the most physical game of the tournament absolutely and people were speculating that houston the the whole game plan was to grab and hold and everything else and make the officials blow the whistle every possession because they're not going to do it right well villanova kind of got into that act too they just said okay let's and, and they let them play but um yeah a villanova Turns out you're not sure how good the Big East actually was this year. You know, Providence had mm-hmm. an okay showing and, yeah. you know, and got to where they did in the tournament. But Villanova, I mean, I still can't believe Marquette beat them twice <laughs> in the season. When you look at when they play their game, they're capable of beating anybody right now. Right. I mean, and they have a big question mark, a dark cloud looming over them right now. And that's... Uh, that's a problem. That's because Justin Moore, we saw him go out with the injury in the final seconds of yesterday's game, and who knows what, what his status is going to be. X-rays, no broken bones, MRI today. Uh, they might have already had it. Uh, right. and, and no. But he was on crutches when yeah. they were celebrating. Yeah, and it, you it saw look good. You saw the pain on his face. Yeah. It did not look good. So that's certainly a story we're going to be keeping an eye on here as the tournament Moves down to New Orleans next weekend, Final Four, just around the corner. 312-332-3776. What do you think about the matchup that's taking place in Chicago? You want to get in your thoughts on Coach K? Are you rooting for him? Are you rooting against him? Do you want to see him play Carolina? Or do you want to see him, in all likelihood, coast his way to a national championship game? 312-332-3776. Let's check in with Scott in Highland Park. What's going on, Scott? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. So... Yeah, you know, I know they're playing really well. I am a little tired of the of the you know the Coach K thing and everything about Duke, but I'll tell you something. Kansas, I think, is the best team left in the in in the in the tournament. But I think if they play North Carolina, they're going to have a lot of trouble. The thing about Duke is, if you can force them outside to take outside shots, that's where they struggle. They're fantastic in mid range and inside, but. I think they're going to have a very tough time if it's North Carolina, and I think Kansas is way better. I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. Yeah, Scott, I'm with you. I think Kansas is the better team, too, right now, and they're the betting favorite of all the remaining teams, I believe, at the moment. Um, Obviously, it's a little weird on the in-between day right now in terms of the the Vegas odds. You actually might be able to find value because one team has to still win one more game than another, but... He's right, and if you can force Duke out of a mid-range game and make him take a lot of threes, that is a good point. Like They showed the graphic yesterday for the longest time on CBS. Duke hadn't made anything outside the paint. I think A.J. Griffin hit an 18-footer, and it was like 
12 or 14 minutes into the game, and they said that's the first non-paint point that Duke had all game. And I was Crazy. like, really? Like yeah. that, that, to me, was, was shocking to see. Yeah, it, look, they, it, Kansas, I, you know, no one's playing better than Remy Martin right now. Yeah. So I, by, by that definition, I think they're the, the top seed team. But Duke, I had them, they're, they're my lone Final Four team remaining. <laughs> Matt Painter, thanks very much. Had your Boilermakers uh, winning We'll it get all. to the Big Ten yeah. later. Uh, but yeah, but that doesn't, you know, Duke has plenty of talent. And they're playing really good basketball right now. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a toss-up about which is the best team remaining. But again, I wouldn't rule Villanova out of this equation either. I yeah. just wouldn't. But, I, that, you know, they, Justin Moore or not... This team is capable of of tying some people up and, and really giving them fits. It is a, a Villanova team that overcomes a lot yep. and does not make excuses for themselves. And I say this as a compliment, but they're flat out robots. Like they just do their job. Very Every disciplined. single one Very of them. Very disciplined. And we talked team. about yesterday was a clinic and discipline Absolutely. between Villanova and Houston. Meanwhile, you saw when Houston took on Illinois. You saw one culture yep. versus a very undisciplined one right. in Illinois. A team that got frustrated and just didn't know what, what to do with itself. Right. This was Coach K after the game yesterday. He was with Tracy Wolfson, and he, this is Coach K celebrating last night's win. You talked to us about wanting this so bad for your team. Yeah. To see them right now have the opportunity. I'm so happy. Yeah, we call it crossing the bridge. There's nothing like being a regional champ. And going to Final Four and playing on that Saturday with three other champions. It's an amazing day. I know there's emotion, but for you to be able to continue this run in your final season. I'm on on their bus. I'm on their bus. They're not on my... my, Yo, you should interview him. This is the go right here. No, no, shut up. This is the go right here. No, no, shut up. No, no, shut up. No, no, shut up. Oh, Coach K. As only he can do. But you see, he's trying to get the attention off because his team in the last four games has finally started playing as it's capable of doing. And last thing he wants now is another, uh, you know, uh, iteration of the Coach K farewell tour and having that volume turned up and his players having to get the noise again and answer to all the questions, which they're going to have to in New Orleans anyway, should, you know, they get there. But, I mean, once they get there. So he, he, no, 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 no. And, you know, goat or not, he doesn't want, he doesn't want that topic coming up anymore. He can't stop it. But he's, you know, the last thing he wants to do is make it about himself, even though somewhere in his heart, he's okay with it being about himself, too. So are you rooting for Coach K now that he's going to the Final Four, his 13th Final Four of his Hall of Fame career, 312-332-3776? And who do you want to see them play? Do you want to see them go up against the upset parade in St. Peter's, or do you want to see the greatest rivalry in college basketball get renewed in the Final Four? That would be it an all-time story as well. Both would be great, but we we will see. We will see. Later on today, St. Peter's will take on UNC. Um, that game is in Philadelphia, and that, that should be, I mean, you talk about a, a great little atmosphere out there. That should be a good one, too, because Carolina fans travel, and St. Peter's isn't oh, they, that far down the road. 2,300 students at St. Peter's, and, and they had many more fans in that arena the other night than, than 2,300. All right, so we will talk a little bit about who we want to see Duke play, which would be the better matchup, all that and more coming up next. No, no, shut up. Basketball U on Chicago's home for sports. Get the Basketball U podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Here are your hosts, Tyler Rocky and Brian Hanley. 
Basketball U with you every single Sunday of the NCAA tournament. I'm Tyler Aki. He's Brian Hanley. You can find us on Twitter at Tyler Aki underscore and at Brian Hanley 534. Don't forget, 11 o'clock, we're going to have Jeff Goodman from Stadium and the Field of 68, the best college basketball insider out there. He will be in studio with us, so be sure to get to Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. And you can also listen to us on 100.3 HD2 for that crystal clear sound and also on the ESPN Chicago app if you are on the go. All right, so looking at who Duke could potentially face and the stories that would come with it. And again, anything Coach K in this final season is going to have storylines galore because it is always the unknown of is this the last Is this it? So Coach K heading to his 13th Final Four in his decorated career, the most all-time. He's passing John Wooden in that regard. But if you are a Duke fan or if you're a fan of the storylines, whatever angle you're coming from here, who would you rather see Duke face in the Final Four? Would you rather see them take on St. Peter's or would you rather see them take on Carolina, Brian? Kind of a contrast in styles. If they, if you know, alluded to the fact that uh, North Carolina has had 91 three-point attempts so far in the tournament and made 37%. Against Arkansas, Duke had 10 three-point attempts. Didn't depend on the long no. distance. Now, they made four of them, so they're very efficient. But, the, you know, they had seven steals. They had 12 points off Arkansas turnovers. Um St. Peter's, so, so now they are, Duke is number one rated points per possession offense uh, per Ken, uh, Ken Palm as of mm-hmm. last night, right? St. Peter's, God bless them, tenacious defense, get in your face, they don't get rattled. They are hard-pressed to score. They are, right now, I mean, they have a 1.088 uh, points per possession now, it's much improved. That's in the tournament, right? Yeah. That puts mm-hmm. them top, top 70. But compared to what they did during the season, they were 216th. So they, you know, they are hard-pressed to, to gener- generate points per possession, and Duke obviously is not. So, again, do you want, do you want to see a, a hot-shooting UNC team if you're Duke, or do you want a, the grinded-out team in St. Peter's that really needs a lot of, to go their way to, to you know, score a lot of points? And. I look at St. Peter's. The reason why they have been so good in this NCAA tournament is because they have completely flipped the script of what they are as a team. They were a team that was really bad offensively, that turned the ball over at a terrible rate, that could not shoot the basketball, that was terrible at free throws, and that wasn't a great rebounding team. Yet here they are because they have out-rebounded, Almost every team they faced along the way, including Kentucky, yeah, who had the that? best rebounding player in the entire country in Oscar Shibway. They have protected the basketball. They only turned it over eight times against Purdue. And now you're seeing the fruits of that. You're seeing that is why they are a 15 seed that has gone to historic lengths this year. It's because they have changed the narrative of who they are as a team, much like with Kansas and what we've seen with Remy Martin. He's changed the narrative of who he Boy, is he? as a player in this tournament. And that's why this tournament is so special. You can be bad, bad, bad all season long. But if you find your way in and if you can have a couple games where you maybe go off script from who you are, you're going to find yourself in a nice little spot. Uh, I I'm, don't remember which Purdue game it was leading up to their loss to St. Peter's. But uh, one of the, one of the uh, analysts said no one has a thicker playbook than Matt Painter. Right in terms mm-hmm. of half court sets and everything else, yeah. 
didn't prove to be the case against St. Peter's because their their pressure defense it didn't it didn't necessarily wasn't half court defense they had they pressured Purdue bringing the ball up across yes. half court and that threw them off right now there were what fifteen lead changes in that game it looked for a while that Purdue was finally settled down they were going to pull away and then next thing you know you know Ivy's throwing up a a, a three that almost looked like it was online uh, for a second yeah. But, I mean, that they had to have the desperation three attempt to tie the game to get to overtime and right. feel good about themselves. So this, you know, Shaheen, I mean, he, he's got this team believing, but more importantly, he's got this team defensively really firing on all cylinders. And they've been a good defensive team all season long. They're 25th best in defensive efficiency in the yep. country right now. That, that's not like 25th among mid-majors. No, that is 25th, including the big boys that wear blue. And, boy, we might see a lot of blue. At this final four, we could see four blue blood programs, whether it be Carolina or Kansas. If they get there, you're looking at four potential blue blood programs in this final four. Um, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I saw someone tweet I, out, why is it is it just mere when the, the big boys aren't playing the underdogs? I don't have much interest when it is blue blood against blue blood. It's really good basketball. It should be anyway. Mm-hmm. But the whole beauty of this tournament is. Teams on the ropes, you know. The, the, if they underdog doesn't actually pull St. Peter's and get to right. this point, they you know give some teams fits and make them sweat a little bit getting there. I think it is a good thing for the sport as a whole, and, and here's why: because first of all, last year we saw the Blue Bloods really struggle in the COVID weird season that that it was, and on top of that too, I think it's good because there's always been this dark cloud of. These young prospects, are they going to pick the G League overtime elite over some of these top-tier programs? And to see the Carolinas, the Dukes, the potentially Kansas, and the Villanovas in the Final Four. And again, it's only a a handful of prospects that, that turn away from college. But I think it's good for the sport. And we saw last year, the top two rated programs, TV programs, that were non-football were the championship game between Baylor and, and Gonzaga, and we, it was uh, the Gonzaga and UCLA game. Two top-rated television programs outside of football. And I think that's a good thing. And, and to have those eyeballs, and then you can only imagine it's going to amplify off of that when it's Duke, when it's Coach K's final season, if it's Carolina, if it's Kansas versus Villanova. I think that's good for the sport when you've got those sort of eyes and that sort of attention, and especially with NIL being what it is. Well, how much has that changed everything, too? This transfer portal. I yeah, mean, and we, we can ask Jeff Goodman about yeah. that because he, he's, I know he's got thoughts on that. He's coming up at 11, but it, it has. It's a different sport. Yeah. I mean, where, you know, where's Miami without Charlie Moore? Right. And Charlie Moore was playing with a really bad DePaul team a year ago. Well, where's Carolina without Brady Manick? Absolutely. And, and Charlie's been four different spots. And, and, and one was to you know, get closer to his dad who had health issues and all that. But, I mean, four schools and, and all his eligibility, you would never have seen that a few years ago. But now you can. And it's great for the student athlete, you know, student hyphen athlete. But it's great for the player. Right. And, and it, it, is it really, I mean, arguably it's probably good for the sport because you're seeing teams can flip a switch, getting three of these guys to, to come into their program, a dormant program can now be relevant with one off season, right? Right. No, you can you can turn it around. And, I mean, just look at Iowa State. They played in Chicago. They won two games the season before. Bring in a new coach, yep. reset the whole program, get a couple transfers, and you lose some along the way, too. Sure. 
like Rasir Bolton. He, he went from Iowa State. He played for Gonzaga. Um, you're going to lose some, but you have the ability to turn this thing around really quickly. 312-332-3776. Are you rooting for Duke? And who do you want to see Duke face in the Final Four? Do you want to see St. Peter's? Do you want to see Carolina? Do you want to see the rivalry renewed? Let's go to Mad Mac in Griffith, Indiana. What's going on, Mad Mac? Hey, I'm an ABD guy. Anybody but Duke. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't think I'm alone either. Why, why is that? I've had enough of Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, you know, you take, take the Polish guy, send him on his way, stuff him in a rocking chair, a coffin, and get him out of here. Wow. Just had enough of the guy. Wow. But I will admit... The guy does one does one run of the cleanest programs around, and that you guys mentioned the transfer portal. I think that's a great thing because you know who benefits the most from that is the kid playing basketball. Yep, I agree. And isn't that why? Isn't that why we spend like a trillion dollars a year on this asinine thing called the educational system? That's what we send these kids there to at least get something out of it. And you're going to tell me a kid can't transfer? But a coach can transfer three times to any school. Yeah, he how wants. about that? He can yeah. be. He can, be, he can have his ass halfway out the door oh. while his team's in the tournament. He can right be now. telling his kids in a team meeting he's not going, and the next day he's at a press conference being introduced at the next school with a bigger contract. Yeah, right. At the same time, his annuity just got up, up by like five million. Bucks. Oh, absolutely. But I yeah. got one thing for you guys. When you guys get around to talking about the Sean Watson, think of two simple words: Duke lacrosse. All right, thank you, Mad Mac, for that well, call. Well, it's basketball you. Yeah. Ba- we'll I, I don't go- think we're going to have Deshaun Watson yeah. thoughts. Uh, you got the Deshaun Watson thoughts for us right now, Brian? I don't. Uh, but uh, any, the Anybody But Duke Club uh, includes Nick Palazzo, who on Twitter told us, I hope Coach K never wins another game because he beat Wisconsin in 2015. Uh, now, that could be Nick Palazzo or it could be Randy Merkin. I'm not sure which one. And Will Chase, our buddy, said, absolutely fantastic. An underdog like Duke is getting into the Final Four. All the haters who laughed keep talking about the, quote, wait till they lose to dot, dot, dot. It just hasn't happened. So, again, is there any more polarizing team and maybe a coach right now in Coach K and Duke? Because either you're all behind them and you think it is a clean program or – Unlike Mac, he wants to stuff him in a coffin? Come on, he's 75. He's retiring. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let him go in peace. I, I'm here for the, the ABD, the anything but Duke club here. I, I, I'm with Mac on that. Like, I, I've had enough of this. I, I've seen it. I've seen the, the whole parade and, and the charade for the entire season. Well, you're young uh, enough, you'll see the John Shire uh, uh, I, yeah, goodbye I probably, tour, too. But, like, I don't think people hate the Duke program. Like, I think the hatred goes and the vitriol is towards Coach K and some of the players that he's brought in throughout the years. I think when Shire takes over the ship, it's not going to be like this. I really think they're going to be that likable. Another local kid. I mean, as much as Coach K was a kid here locally back in the day. But his coaching tree, by the way, I can speak from experience up in Milwaukee and Marquette, and I think, you know, unfortunately people in Evanston have some thoughts on that as well. Right. Not I think so good. The, the one success, I'm just trying to jog through through my memory here. The Actually, I'll, I'll say two successes. Quinn Snyder, who's coaching with the Utah Jazz right now. Took him, took him a while. Yeah. It wasn't great, but no. he moved on to the NBA, yeah. and, and now he's got a good NBA team going. And then Mike Bray. I think Mike, Mike Bray... Bray Quietly has just done a very, I mean, just a really solid job in South Bend. Nothing? And Tommy Amaker. I'll, I'll throw Tommy Amaker and well, Johnny Dawkins' names in there. But th- how do you their do in Michigan? Is, 
Yeah. I mean, the, their you know, stories are, are still yet to be written. And, I mean, and, usually when you say successful, it wasn't like, well, he wasn't very good here, and then he eventually got good there. It's usually a guy who's the young, hot thing from coming from the Coach K tree, and there was no stopping him, and you knew he was going to make you right. know, whatever transition, wherever he wanted to go. Right. All right, 312-332-3776. We do have to talk about the other game that took place yesterday, Villanova and Houston, and, and boy, was that a physical battle. That was... I know a lot of people don't like seeing games that are played in the 50s and 40s, but that, that You're was talking a... talking score-wise, I'm not talking black and white well, highlights. Well, yeah. it was a little bit of both <laughs> out there. there. There was definitely some black and blue on, yeah. on, on some, some cheekbones after that because of the, the physicality of that game. But we will discuss what happened with Villanova and Houston, and can Villanova get to the national championship and cut down the nets without one of their best players? We'll discuss all that next. <laughs> Welcome back to Basketball U on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Tyler Rocky and Brian Hanley. The retirement tour lives to see another day. Coach K is going to another Final Four, his 13th of his storied basketball career. It's Tyler Aki, it's Brian Hanley. Basketball U with you every single Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament, 10 to noon here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget Jeff Goodman in studio, so get to Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to talk all things about what's been going on in the tournament. And also, we, we have to ask him about Illinois, too, because what has gone on with Illinois and, and Northwestern? Too. I mean, could we see maybe a, a flip of the script and maybe DePaul be the best area team in a year or two? We'll, we'll get Jeff Goodman's thoughts on all of that. There he is outside our first Midwest Bank State Street Studios. So 312-332-3776. He's been covering right. colleges since I was doing it back in the day, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> He he has plenty of stories throughout his time as a college basketball scribe. Um, let's get into this Villanova and Houston game because, boy, was that a, a physical game. It was a great game. It was entertaining. And I think you just saw two great cultures duking it out for all 40 minutes. Now, Villanova never trailed in this game. Houston gave him a couple runs here. But you saw two extremely physical teams but the big story that comes out of this now is Justin Moore goes down with an injury, and we're not exactly sure what his status is going to be for the remainder of the tournament. I'm going to assume he's not playing. Um, it just doesn't look like he was in tears. He was on crutches. Um, Caleb Daniels, six-man up and basically a six-man rotation. So now one of those other kids have, has to come off the bench to fill that six-man role. So, and they're not a deep team no, by any stretch. I mean, it's a six-man rotation to this mm-hmm. point, right? And now they're going to have to expand that by a player or two. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they respond. Um, but the fact of the matter is, this team is unflappable. You said they're like robots. So if Jay Wright can reprogram them to believe they can get this done without one of the best uh, guys on the floor, um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt them at this point. I really wouldn't. They're not a big team, but I don't know if they have to be. And I think this game sort of proved that too, because you're going up against Houston who's one of the best rebounding teams, especially on the offensive side. I mean, how many times did you see the ball get tapped oh. out in this game? But we saw this Villanova team respond. Respond. And think about how many times you saw Houston go up for a board and then it just get ripped away yep. by, by Villanova too. Or they'd win the tap out 
on the 50-50 ball there. That's something that this Villanova team, the culture, the discipline, they know how to game plan for every single opponent. And right now, they're the ones that, all right, they're going to be able to watch this Miami and Kansas game. I think they, they have the upper hand. And I think when you've got a coach like Jay Wright and the staff that he compiles there at Villanova, it's unmatched. It, it, it really is. I mean, you look at all the remaining teams in the NCAA tournament right now, and yes, there are some really great coaches. We've talked about Coach K. Jim Laranega is not getting enough credit for what he's right. doing at Miami Even right now. Some people wanted to run him out last year yeah. in Miami, mm-hmm. right? Bill Self, Hubert Davis looks like he's started to find something. And, and Shaheen Holloway obviously has been fantastic, too. There's all these great coaches, but but Jay Wright's the one that's built this culture, and he, he may be the best of, of all of them. Now think about it. how many years ago was you know the rumors were he was entertaining DePaul is yeah. because his sister was here. I think she was teaching at school or something like at the university. Mm-hmm. And think about how DePaul would have changed had Jay Wright shown up at their doorstop. But you know the fact of the matter is he doesn't get enough love as as a top coach. He's you know. The fact of the matter is, this team is held opponents to 21% on three-point shooting. And and Jermaine Samuels had 16 points against against Houston. That doesn't usually allow anyone to, to sniff 20, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, guys have stepped up, but they their defensive switches have been impressive. You mentioned they'll always make the, the next pass to get the best shot instead of a good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, their IQ is pretty good. I mean, that, as a group, they're, they're, the sum is much better than the, the uh, individual parts. And, and not to mention, I mean, this is a team that made their free throws. Absolutely. 15 for 15 from the line in this game, in a game where they only scored 50 points. And when you go up against defensive juggernauts like Houston, those are the type of performances you have to to have. And this is a Villanova team that has a chance to break the all-time record for free throw percentage in a season. And they're shooting almost 85% as a team. You're lucky to have one or two guys on your team that shoot 85%. They're a whole team that's shooting about 85%. And if you get to a situation where you have to foul somebody, you know, pick your poison because they all can go to the line and bury it. And the fascinating thing to me in this game was the fact that Colin Gillespie, a guy who's been their leader, been their do-it-all guy, didn't play all that great. He had six points. He, he only turned the ball over once, one assist in this game. But that's what Villanova basketball is. Colin Gillespie can have a down game and like someone this. picks him up. And, and there's someone else there. I mean, you look at Jermaine Samuels in this game. Yeah. He goes out. He's got 16 and 10 in a double-double. You, you have Caleb Daniels come off the bench, and he gets you 12 points. There are a couple of timely threes th- sprinkled throughout the game as well. That is what Villanova is, and that's why this team has won two national championships in the last seven years hey, and could be knocking on the door of a third. They're 14 and 1 in their last 15. Now, this is the hardest sport to win a championship in. Absolutely. And they have done it at an Epic clip since 2016. And again, Marquette beat them twice this season, right. but they went 14 and one to, and, and to get you know get going, get the steam going in the right direction through the, through the tournament. Absolutely. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. What'd you take away from that Villanova game? Can they win? We'll get to Justin Moore too in just a little bit. But first, let's go to downtown and check in with our guy Dean. Dean, what's going on? Hello. Good morning, Tyler and Brian. How's it going, Dean? I love that commercial with Chris Fleck when he said Chris Fleck's erection pills have arrived. I, it was my first time hearing that. That's hilarious. Um, that, <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> that last caller was amazing. I've never heard that guy before. I loved him, and I agreed with everything he said. Mad like, Mac? Just, who wanted to put yeah. Coach K in a coffin? 
Yeah, like just like That's him. That's extreme. I, I hate Coach K, but I respect him. I'm just done with his shoe-polished hair. I was well, telling Jake, I, I think they're going to play North Carolina. I hope the Peacocks win today. You know, go Cox. I I just don't see it happening. When they lose, I told Jake, I'm, I'm eventually, when they lose, I'm going to ball my eyes out. But um, Jay Wright, believe it or not, Brian, it, he is, un, like you were saying, he's underrated as Absolutely. a coach. Absolutely. Even with two national titles, it's amazing. That team is so fundamentally sound. They don't make mistakes. And like the chosen one said, they make the free throws. It's truly remarkable. 85% of the team, there are, I believe there's got to be NBA teams that don't even come close to sniffing that percentage as a team, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 85% is, is an amazing clip for no it's matter remarkable. what the level is. Remarkable. So I was asking Jake, the main reason I called, um, I was asking him who he thinks and who you guys think have the best value today. I put uh, one ticket on Kansas, I believe at like plus eight fifty before the tourney started. I forget what they were at. Wow! And then, and then I, the other night, um, just because I want to keep riding this Tyler train, and I love how athletic they are, and I love Jim Laranega. I like think they love playing for him. Jim De- Laranega <laughs> doesn't color his hair, doesn't dye his hair. He's the one guy. See, that's one reason you should respect that, him. Absolutely. Those kids those kids just push the ball up and down the court, man, as soon as they rebound. So I, I think at 25 to 1, they had some good value. So I took that. I think Duke is the worst value. I'm going to see what you guys have to say. Go Peacocks and take that! All right. Thank you, Dean. Um, yeah, in terms of a value play for today, um, you look at Kansas is a six point favorite yep. going up against Miami. And you've got St. Peter's as an eight and a half point underdog going up against North Carolina, and they've been a covering machine, right? right? I mean, like and 21, not just, 22 and two, right? Or something not like? just no. in this tournament right. along the way. I think yeah, I think you're right. It's twenty one and four in their last twenty five games, yeah. something remarkable like that. Um, but just looking uh, at the at the futures market too, and again, this is where you might be able to find a little bit of value too, because it's that in between one team still has to win an extra game. So Duke plus one sixty, Kansas plus two forty, Villanova, even though they're already in the Final Four, albeit likely without Justin Moore, plus three sixty, and then Carolina plus six fifty, and if you want any of the double digit seeds, plus two thousand on Miami and plus forty five hundred on St. Peter's. You sniffing anything there? Anything you like? I, you know, I'm not saying Miami at plus 2,000 is a, a bet, but I'll take the spread today. I'll take the spread today uh, because Kansas hasn't, you know, rolled on anybody necessarily. And those three guards uh, operating together in Miami with Charlie Moore leading them, I'll, I'll take those points. I'll yeah. take those points. All right, so 312-332-3776. Hey, Jeff Goodman is here. He's in the building. He's going to chop it up with us next. He's in a little bit early. We'll talk with Jeff Goodman, insider from Stadium and the Field of 68, coming up next. This is Basketball You On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. ESPN 1000, Tyler Aki, Brian Hanley with you every single Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament. And right now, we've got a treat. You've got to get to Twitch right now. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. He just dressed up the show with the sport coat and everything. What's Twitch? You're on Twitch, Field of 68. You should know what Twitch is, Jeff. I have no idea. No, Uh, I've heard of it. 
Brian, come on. You, you've never been on Twitch. No, I, I am, but I, I, you know, yeah, I'm on, but I wouldn't know how to access it. But that's just me. I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. But if you want to see a well-dressed man, it is oh, Jeff yeah. Goodman from the field of 68. He's dressed for the occasion. He's putting us to shame, Brian, in our, our hoodies and quarter zips here. Um, but Tyler, Tyler's seen the other side of me, too. Yeah, Trust yeah. me. The, the... But uh, thanks so much for joining us here in studio in the first Midwest Bank State Street Studios. You can find us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. But first of all, what is Chicago like as a host city? And obviously, a lot of people are speculating that down the road, they're going to get a final four when the Bears get this thing built up in Arlington Heights. Um, but, but what is Chicago like as a host city? And how's it been for you so far? Cold. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said yeah. last All-Star weekend, too. Listen, I mean, like, I have the choice of San Francisco. I can oh. go anywhere I want. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Always. I can go anywhere I want. San Francisco, San Antonio, Philly, and Chicago. I chose Chicago for two reasons. One, stadium's based here. So, obviously, it, it makes things easier for right. me, and I can get in the studio. Uh, two, I, I got my daughter a credential, and she's trying to get in the business. And I, I really wanted to teach her and have her see the anti-barstool way of doing things. Right, Brian? <laughs> yeah. You know, the right way to do things. And I'm not sure watching me is going to get the right way to do things. Um, but you know what? Just to kind of get her to see it so she can understand kind of the right way to do things. And uh, Not too late to get in computers. <laughs> it IT. Has, it has been, listen, this region hasn't been the best region. Let's be no. honest. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I should have went to San potential. Francisco. I mean, yeah. you, you think about yeah. the fan bases we could have had here. Auburn. Well, we could have had Auburn. Well, think about in Chicago, Wisconsin, Iowa, yeah. like, and then obviously Kansas is going to show up right. today at the UUC, but yeah. you could have had some really strong yeah. fan bases you don't, here. You don't think the Miami fan base is strong? <laughs> the Charlie Moore fan base is yeah, strong here. Go. That's about it. That's yeah. about it. So, it, listen, I love Chicago as a city. I, I love the United Center. Um, the only other thing is Chicago is so spread out in a way that you don't have that, like, like an indie, absolutely. For that, that, you know, everybody's in in a three block radius. You park your car, indie. you walk for four, three, Correct. four days. Here, yes. you know, it's kind of like Jeff. It's like the Super Bowl when it was in New Jersey, but everything was taking right. place in Manhattan. Yep. You go three blocks away from Radio Row, yeah. it just swallows up. Yeah. I mean, it's no one even knows it's here. That's why New Orleans is great. For absolutely, the final four. San Antonio is great for the final yep. four. Why? They're compressed. So you're going to see every coach, every fan base. Yep. They're going to be here. I mean, again, you see it. Like I've gone out with, with Talia. We've, we've watched games uh, the last few days in restaurants. There's been fans, but it's not like it's overrun by Kansas fans at right. any one place. So, so In San Antonio, I gave Bill Raftery a, uh, a lift to a piano bar after a game. He was waiting for a cab, which wasn't coming. Man, was he, more was than he sober? Was he sober? <laughs> he was sober point? at the time, and he asked me you if think I wanted, he was he, sober. He was meeting. Well, I love the guy. He's still, yes, he's still he's doing it. At, at, the best. Unbelievable. And yes. he said, you want to come in for a drink? I'm like, no, I got to get going. But thanks. You know, but yeah, San Antonio, yeah. The, the mariachi music wears on you after about 12 hours. Agreed. But, but you get the weather, yeah. too. Listen, yeah. uh, I'm from Boston. Right. Like, coming Yest- to Chicago, yesterday it's colder. Was, yesterday, you didn't like the weather too so much. I'm saying it's been cold every day. And I could have been, you know, I'm looking at Jeff Borzello and Matt Norlander in San Antonio and San Fran walking around with their, <laughs> you know, T-shirts. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I do here? But again, listen, I, I will say this. It has been a million percent worth it to be with my daughter here. Absolutely. I would yes. do that over mm-hmm. anything else. It's been the best, probably the best trip I've ever taken uh, covering the incident. How many tournament. opportunities are out there for the new type of media for people like your daughter who want to get into it? I mean, obviously, the, 
the the old print newspapers you know they're they're laying people off buying people out yeah. but so many different platforms right. and it, you, you mentioned it's a different way of doing it different world doesn't mean you have to do it differently right. it's just you have yeah. to be accessible on twitch and everything else is would you encourage kids to go into journalism and, and broadcast journalism and <laughs> no no yeah. not really but yes i mean listen it, it, like you said, it's it's different now than it has been, right? You you have to be able to do everything. When we came up, we could be newspaper writers. Absolutely. We could be writers. Now you got to be able to podcast. you you got to be able to be on social media. I don't love it. Put I up mean, with Hummel. Put up with Hummel. I mean, that's that that's brutal. That's um, a job in and of itself. You know that. You know that better than anybody, <laughs> right? Terry Bors and I always felt like we were always newspaper guys. Right. No matter what. Transition to radio, it's been wonderful. Love it. It's the yeah. greatest job in the world. To do what you love is the greatest job in the world, and we did it, and we are doing it. But it's just once you're a newspaper guy, it's just it it is just different, right? You just approach things differently. Social media is like I learned at the Associated Press, so I learned the right way to do things in New York as a national writer at the AP. So I learned, you know, two sources: the the right way to do things. Kids now. They don't have to learn it all. They can just kind of go out there and just say, I'm going to tweet. Need a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tweet, and I don't have to take a journalism class or know what the hell I'm doing. That's the scary part is I'm chasing down a lot of times dumb rumors. I remember this. This was about, what, I don't know, 15, 12 years. The, the advent of Twitter. What was that, 2010? I think I joined Twitter yeah. or something yeah. like that. It's when it got Early big, yeah. on Twitter, um, there was a blog in Cleveland that I remember put out there that Tom Izzo took the Cavs job. And I was like, I was like, I know he didn't take the job. I knew it, but I had to bother had to Tom Izzo. Yeah. I had to call Tom and be like, Tom, you know, this idiot blog just put out there that you're taking the Cavs job. I, I just, I have to make sure. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, whatever. Obviously, I'm not taking it. And uh, those are the things you have, to, you have to worry about now that we never had to do that. Right. Speaking of... Two sources. I think you needed three or four sources for maybe the biggest scoop of your career. But you were the one who got the scoop that Coach K is retiring. And I remember yeah. that day and everything that went down. But just what, what was that day like for you when you're tracking down everyone, trying to make sure that this story, because at the magnitude at it, that it is, and you're seeing it play out this entire year, it's one of the biggest stories in sports. Coach K retiring, what was that entire process like? So you remember that morning, and I'm from Boston, Brad Stevens moved from being a coach to the GM of the Celtics. Danny Ainge, which wasn't a surprise at all that Danny Ainge was going to leave and eventually end up in Utah. That was like the worst kept secret <laughs> there was. But the, the shock was that Brad Stevens became the GM of the Celtics. That broke, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half. And it broke while I was chasing the, the Coach K news. You kind of heard rumblings on it a little bit. But that's one of those where, honestly, one source wasn't enough. Two sources wasn't enough. I had to get three. And I knew it. Like, I was 99.999% sure, even after the first one. Because the first source I had was was lock solid. Second source, completely, like, I was like, all right, I'm ready. Then I'm, I'm literally got the tweet out. I sent the, the copy to the guys at Bally's and sent them, like, five graphs just to be able to get something sure. up right away. Yeah. And my finger, I'm not kidding, was shaking. As I was ready to hit send wow. on Twitter. And I knew it was true, but it's still Coach K retiring. It's one of those where you're just like, yes. the world is going to change right now on Twitter. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, it was cool. I mean, again, to be able to say at this stage in my career, which obviously I'm, I'm at the, I don't know, tail end, but whatever it is, 
um, to be able to break a story of that magnitude and be able to say I did that years from now is pretty cool. And uh, and then when you know I didn't know how he'd react at all. Was he upset at all? I didn't hear anything that he was. You know, and then I saw him at the. Um, I didn't really see him all year. I saw Champions Classic. I was there, but I didn't. I think I asked the question in the post game, uh, and then I was at the Duke Carolina game mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, where Carolina came in and pummeled them on Coach K Day, and I talked to him for a few minutes after the game, um, and he was great. He was well, great with me. And and now it seems like that was a distraction, right? And and they've regrouped, and the players. Yeah. Yesterday he was cutting off the question. No, 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 no. It's not about me. I mean, he's basically yep. doesn't want that starting yeah. up. But you know, when it gets to New Orleans, it's going to start up. Yeah, it, it is, and the players didn't react well. Obviously, you you could see it. You know, they're young. They're young. Paulo Vancaro is a, a freshman. Mark Williams is a sophomore. These kids are young, and, and we forget that at times. Um, but I wonder how much that helped them yeah. going through yeah. it and maybe learning from that. And and now, I mean, the craziest part is like, I don't know about you guys, but I can't figure out what I want. Do I want to do Carolina rematch? We, we right. pose that question, and or we do get, I want St. Peter's? And we got callers, anybody but Duke, and we'll we'll talk to you about that. The the legacy of Coach K, and also the polarizing kind of legacy yeah. of Coach K. I mean, what what it all means in your experiences with him? Yeah, I mean, listen. Obviously, it would be an incredible storybook ending if if he can win it all in his final year. I didn't even think they could really get to the like. I didn't think their point guard play was good enough to right. get him to the final four. But then you see Jeremy Roach go down yeah. the stretch against yes. Texas Tech, and He's I mean that's great. That to me has been the story of the tournament: is some of these yeah. teams, players changing their identity. Mm. Whether R.J. It's a, Davis, R.J. Davis, Remy Martin, yeah. the entire St. Peter's team. I mean, yeah. they're a team that turned the ball over and couldn't yeah. rebound yeah. in the regular season, and all of a sudden they're going out and doing all these things. Well, like you said, I mean, you could have four, uh, Villanova aside, right? We know what Colin mm-hmm. Gillespie and you said. He, he wasn't great last night, but but they just he does every intangible right. thing you want. He does every, every leadership thing. Um, but those three, if, if you get Carolina, if you get Duke, and you get Kansas – those are three point guard situations mm. that we were questioning yeah. throughout the season, and they've all played their best basketball here over the last couple of weeks. Yep. All right. So Jeff's going to stick around with us for a little bit longer. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to ask him anything, we'll get his thoughts on the Final Four and what could take place in Chicago today. That's all coming up next.